Welcome to Momo's Bookcase, a podcast where we dive into the books from our childhood and see if they still hold up today. Our guest on this episode is Vinny Thomas. Vinny first gained prominence through his satirical online videos, and he has been recognized by Vanity Fair, The Hollywood Reporter, USA Today, and Vulture as an upcoming comedian to know. After launching his comedy career in Chicago at The Second City, Vinny was named a character's new face at the 2021 Just For Last Festival. Shortly after, he joined the staff of NPR's iconic favorite, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, as a guest writer. Vinny was featured as a writer and performer in the 2023 CBS Comedy Showcase and can currently be seen reoccurring opposite Seth Rogen in the Apple TV Plus series, Platonic. Enjoy. Hi, Vinny. Hi, Mo. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Oh my gosh, it has been it has been a while. It has been eons. It's been centuries. And I miss you every though. day. You look good. You're looking good. Stop. Shut up. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on the pod today. I'm so glad you agreed to do this. Um, so we're gonna kick this off like we do every episode. And just check in uh, with what we're reading. So what book are you reading right now? Excellent question, Mo. I'm reading An Immense World by Ed Young. Uh, it's this really great book that's all about um, animals and their extrasensory abilities and how they reveal like hidden secret worlds that we're not even privy to. Like how some animals can like sense electrical fields and other animals like birds can see colors that we can't even comprehend because they're in the ultraviolet spectrum. And so it's about all these secret little worlds that exist, but we're not tapped into. So it's it really like kind of makes the whole richness of the experience of life so much bigger. And it really puts in this perspective of, you know, the way we live is so siloed. There's like a million different little universes that a bunch of different living things um, experience on earth. That's really fascinating. So cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. And also like very on theme with our books today. So I'm very excited that you also are reading that. One uh, thing about me, I don't change, Mo. I do not change. <laughs> what are you reading? Uh, I'm actually in between books. Um, it, meaning I'm in between many books, but I've not picked a new one yet. Um, but I'm excited though. I was thinking about it. I'm doing um, bookshop.org is doing a summer reading challenge. Oh, so I'm cool. planning on doing that. Yeah, I don't know what that entails, but it starts, I believe, tomorrow. So I'm going to sign up for that and like try to bury through my, is that the right word? Bury? Bur burrow? Wow. Okay, Dang. burrow. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burrow through my to read list. So that's that's what I'm thinking about today. Can I ask, is that like, you remember the free like summer public library reading program? Do you get little like pencil talkers? Do you get like little prizes throughout? There, there's no pizza, but there are prizes. Oh, okay, so good. There are prizes, but they're like, we don't have pizza, but there are prizes. So I'm excited. So um, if you're, well, I don't know when this is coming out, but if it's still summer, check it out. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Groovy, so you have brought us two books today. I have. <laughs> uh, why don't you introduce introduce both books and we'll pick one to start with. Okay, yeah. Um, one of them, the title's a little tricky to explain, but it is the 
Smithsonian DK Visual Guide to Animals. Basically, it's this big visual encyclopedia um, that kind of covers the breadth of animals. Uh, and when I was younger, I was truly obsessed. This was one of like several encyclopedias I have on my shelf, and I just kept going back to them and flipping through them because they're so big. It's like every time you opened it, you would notice something new. And I love that. Um, but I thought maybe that's a little too unconventional, maybe not relatable <laughs> enough for this. Uh, so I also picked uh, one of the children's books that I read when I was very little, um, which was Gregory the Terrible Eater, which is about a goat. And he's just he's just not feeling it. He's just not feeling what his parents are eating. His parents eat trash and <laughs> he's not into it. Um, yeah. And I love that book. I can't wait to talk about them both. Yeah, wonderful. I'm excited. Um, so you said that you read the Smithsonian book when you were a child or just younger? Oh, a child. I, I mean, I I definitely made the pivot to that kind of book when I was, I, I don't know. I think I must have gotten it when I was six or seven when I started. Yeah. And I just loved it. Okay, because I feel really old. Because this book came out in 2001. Were you? Yeah. Okay. Great. I think I, in 2001, that was when 9 11 happened. And I was, I think I was four or five. I don't remember 9 11. Oh, no. <laughs> I really, I like made a note and I was like, oh, yeah, first edition, 2001. I feel old if this is a childhood book for, for Vinny. It's fine. It's great. It you was. Know? <laughs> Good to have friends from all ages. Uh, so <laughs> true. If it makes you feel better, I feel like I'm old in countenance. Okay. Um, I think I was born 42, and I'm going to die 42. Great. Love it. Say, you know, you never change. That's what you said. Exactly. Uh, wonderful. So this book came out in 2001, um, and I think there are three editions of this book at least out now. I was like kind of trying to find more research on it, which is very cool. Um, and this book, I tried to get it out of the library, and it is like a legit reference book for kids now. They're like, you cannot take this out of here. And I was like, cool. Great. <laughs> Thanks, CPL. I knew it would be tricky. I was like, I have to get a regular book. There's no one who's even going to be able to find this stupid thing. There's one, actually, that the library by my house, they have a copy of it. But the other two are yeah. down. So I was like, that was, thankfully, I was like, great. Um, <laughs> so I looked through this, and I get why you love it because the the pictures are stunning like the photos yeah. of the animals are gorgeous um and there's so many of them um so why i want to ask why animals because you you do love animals and you were very vocal about your love of animals um what was it about them that kind of drew you oh, i don't know sometimes i think we all have things that were kind of just born to latch on to do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and <laughs> for me, it was animals. It was like some subjects were hard for me, like like math, for example, was kind of tricky for me uh, in school. But for some reason with animals, I could remember everything. Mm -hmm. And like and I was really good at like the organization of everything. One of the reasons I love that encyclopedia is because the way everything was kind of laid out into sections. Right. You had like your mammals, your reptiles, your insects and you could see the breakdown of how everything worked. And it was like, you could understand all the patterns really easily. And then from there, you could really just dive in. Um, and so for me, just seeing kind of the breadth of that interest laid out in this book, 
which also had delicious pictures. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> the pictures are part of it. Um, just like artistically, whatever, like it's an inspiring book to look at. And then, in fact, there's one picture in there of a, of a wild cow called a Bantang that lives in uh, Cambodia. And for some reason, I, I would always go back to that picture. And I loved the way this cow looked so much. I love the color of it. It's the most beautiful burnt orange that I took the encyclopedia to Home Depot and I, <laughs> I ran it under the color sample I and say. I literally, I painted my entire room the color of this one wild cow because I loved it so much. Um, so That's just amazing. as like a visual tool, <laughs> it truly was the weirdest thing I've ever done, but I loved it. My room was painted that orange <laughs> until I left home. So um, funny. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's such a fun tool for discovery and you'll find things in there that you never expected to find. Um, there's also a picture of a gannet, uh, which is a kind of seabird and it's diving into the water. And I remember looking at it when I was younger and not understanding what I was seeing, right? Every time I look at the picture, I just couldn't figure out where, where, the, where the tail was, where the head was, where the feet were, what was going on. And then I remember opening it when I was much older, looking at that picture and I was like, oh, I totally get it now. But when you're a kid, you kind of don't, you just see that kind of cool shape. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, there's something so interesting about, because I had the book for so long, going back and looking at it even as an adult and rediscovering something that I didn't even notice you know even though I'd been looking at it so much when I was younger great I book. love that that's amazing um I you're right I think there are things that we are born to be attached to um and for me it was ancient Egypt um like it went yeah. in real hard and I still like I love the mummy if you know me I love the mummy but <laughs> um I started, we had an ancient Egypt unit in third grade and it just stuck with me. I took Arabic in college because I wanted to go to Egypt at some point. Like it is very much a part of like who I am. It's like yeah. this like, ancient civilization. So yeah. Sometimes I think if we didn't live in like uh, the kind of society we live in, I think that's what people would do, right? Is the thing you latch onto is just immediately kind of what you do. But of yeah. course, like, you know, you got to make money. You got to do other stuff. Um, but I think instinctively, naturally, sometimes we're just born to like that thing. And I think yeah. that's what we're supposed to get into sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Although I don't think like grave robbing is a good, but you know, I'd still study it. Just not. You could still grave rob. Yeah. <laughs> no one's like, stopping you. That's true. You got time. All right. <laughs> flights. Um, all right. Give me your top three animals from this book that you remember but i can oh. see the the cow right the... Yeah, the the bantang yeah mm -hmm. uh uh yeah i Did love that i love the shape hairy, of it hairy too were they like really long no the bantang part of the reason i love it is when you look at it it's just like a smooth orange like it's almost animated the way this animal looks it's just a short coat because it's a tropical cow um, it's related to a much larger cow called a gaur that lives in uh, like India, but that's okay. a, that's a different cow. We're not going to get into that cow. <laughs> into that cow. <laughs> My favorite animals, the ones I really latched on, it was the bantang. I think first and foremost, um, and then I think as a kid, I was also super into giraffes. Um, okay. I think giraffes were very fascinating to me because they're part of like this whole lineage that went extinct. Um, but it's kind of just giraffes and okapis that are left. But at one point oh. in time, Mo, 
there were like a ton of giraffes. There were tiny giraffes that were like antelope, big giant giraffes that were built like rhinos, giraffes with like, with antlers, like moose almost. There were a ton of different kinds of giraffes, like the civitherium, which went extinct. But now there's just giraffes, okapis, and then related kind of are um, pronghorn antelope here in America. Um, But giraffes, I love those two. What else was, there was a picture in there of um, a pheasant going just to the pheasant section and seeing like um, all the different, oh, you know what? No, there's a pigeon called uh, a Nicobar pigeon. That's, uh, it's a tropical kind of pigeon and it's covered in these iridescent rainbow colored feathers. Uh, And it looks unbelievable. And that's one of those things that's like, you know, when you're a kid, you think a pigeon's a pigeon. And then you open this book and you're like, oh my God, wait there's like 50 different pigeons and each one is completely different than the last. So when I found that out, I was like, Oh my God, it just opens your world. You're like, Oh, a pigeon's a pigeon. No, wait, that's just one of like a ton of different pigeons. That's so cool. Wow. Okay. I (laughs) might have to actually buy this book and read it because I mean, like read like the whole thing, just coming, keep coming back to it because that's, I'm an adult. I'm in my 30s. (laughs) The idea of looking at these different types of pigeons and giraffes. I didn't say giraffes. Giraffes. There we go. Um, (laughs) That's super cool. I also got chills hearing you explain these too, because that's just, that's so exciting to think about. It's wacky. You know, we live in such a a big world. And I think any book that makes the world feel bigger is a, is the kind of book that you love, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. I think you should be growing and expanding your world with the, the books you read, you know, kind of learning yeah. new things. Ideally, some are just for trash, and that's okay too. <laughs> we love a romance novel. We do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delightful. Um, I'm going to ask this question here Would you give this book as a gift to a kid in their current I think, times? I think, yeah, to the right kid. Um, I wouldn't give it to just anyone, right? Like, I think every kid's different, obviously, but I do think a lot of kids naturally have interests in, in the natural world. Um, but some kids are more dinosaur kids, you know, and I had, you know, dinosaur encyclopedias too, that were also great, but I think whatever you might send your kid is into, get them the biggest reference book with pictures that you can on that subject and they will just eat it up. You know, um, I, I do think it's a fun book just to have, but I think big reference book with pictures is a great idea for any kid. If they show any interest in something that, you know, is a big enough subject to be housed in a reference book. All right. You hear that parents, you did a good job, mom and dad. All right. My parents <laughs> a giant like tabletop book of ancient Egypt that like broke down different like housing structures. And when you flip the page, it kind of gave you more detail into each one. See, uh-huh. I and you went back time. to that over and over and over and over because there was always something to find. I did. <laughs> I did. I really did love that book. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, that's great advice. So we're, we're doing I don't want to brag. Thank you, Mo. Thank yeah. you. You're so sweet. <laughs> I blush. <laughs> I love that. Um, let's dive into our next book, your second offering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gregory, the Terrible Eater. Yeah, um, gave a great intro about it. Um, that is about a ki- a kid, <laughs> a baby goat who's yeah 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 <laughs> not great at eating. 
Um, I did a little research. I had this book too when I was a kid. Yeah. And I remember reading it uh, a lot. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then rereading it, I was like, hmm, there are some things that I want to talk about. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so uh, excited. I think <laughs> this book can either be very good or very bad, depending on how you look at it, right? Yeah, um, I agree. And I think they're, the message is good. And there's some things about it that I like. And there's like one or two moments where I'm like, um, I don't know, fam. Well, <laughs> but, upon looking at it again, I noticed that there was a Reading Rainbow badge on it. And I think, okay. is that why we both had it? Because maybe it was on Reading Rainbow. Yes. And our okay. parents were just like, let's buy a Reading Rainbow. I'm book. so glad you said that because um, that's what I, this was on season one of Reading Rainbow. Uh, oh, because, wow. Yeah, it was like episode 11, season one. LeVar Burton goes to the San Diego Zoo to like see the goats and also like talk to the different um zookeepers and zoologists about the animals there it's a lot of it's like yeah. about, like animals and what they eat because i think for a while when we were younger we thought that like goats ate everything and they do like nibble on things but they don't eat them so he went to like talk about that and we talked about the different diets of different animals at the zoo um so i think that's probably why we had it why a lot of folks yeah. had it because it was on the tv show um so Isn't it up. fun? Like, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna. I, I sometimes I laugh at like, I feel like the animal stereotypes that were very pervasive when we were kids, like, like don't even exist anymore. Like, we yeah. always used to hear like goats eat trash and ostriches bury their heads in the sand and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't think kids hear that anymore. I think that's like kind of an old timey thing. And so this whole book is based on that stereotype, which I don't think exists anymore. I don't think if you ask a kid, do goats eat trash now, they would say that. They would be like, no, goats don't eat trash. They don't know what like goats eat, but they're like grain. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was funny. I was like, I don't think the frame of reference for this book necessarily exists the same yeah. way it did. Yeah. I think that is one thing to, to think about um, because at the so the reason why Gregory is a terrible eater is because he wants to eat essentially like human food. So his parents eat like tin cans and like tires, uh, cardboard boxes, like all of this stuff. Um, and even if you watch the Reading Rainbow episode with this book, LeVar goes to a diner. It's a goat diner. And the goats are still eating trash. I don't know why. <laughs> They're still like, no, 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 goats eat trash. He's like, can I get a, a chicken salad sandwich? And the goat's like, yeah, he wants a chicken wire sandwich. He's like, do you want that on like cardboard or whole wood? Like, <laughs> like, this is just dumb. Like, no one, no one thinks this anymore. No one thinks this way. No, uh, 100%. So that's, that's probably a daily reference for this book. Um, but he, yeah. uh, Gregory wants to eat like, scrambled eggs and toast and orange juice and fish and dairy uh-huh and dairy and butter you know all things that we love to eat but because he wants to he's considered a terrible eater by his parents and also pediatrician so <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your uh memories of this book what do you how did you come across it who gave it to mm. you or did it just kind of exist uh, I think my my mom might have read it to me a couple of times and I remember her reading it to me, but I also had a ton of books just on my shelf to go look at. And um, I remember this one because I really loved kind of the visual language of it. Um, I liked 
I liked the way the goats looked. Um, and normally I would kind of reject things that didn't look realistic to me. That was one of my weird things, idiosyncrasies as a kid is that I just wouldn't like, if I got an animal toy that looked too cartoonish, it, I, I would not look at it. I would yeah. not give it a second look. Uh, but this was very fun. And I, honestly, it made a lot of things look appetizing to me that probably shouldn't have looked appetizing. Okay, thank you. That's what I was going to say, too. <laughs> I was like, the thing that sticks in my head is when I saw, like, the mom and dad goat, like, eating pants, I was like, <laughs> you know? It was the green beans with a piece of rubber shoe. Oh, like, God. Mm. For me, the scrambled eggs with the paper on the side. Yeah, the I remember. Paper. Yes. I remember as a kid, like, getting scrambled eggs and wanting to like fold up two pieces of paper just to have on the side. Yeah. I wouldn't want to eat the paper, but like, I remember the visual layout of that food with mm -hmm. eggs, orange juice and wax paper on the side. Mm -hmm. And I remember it so perfectly. It was like, to me, that was a perfect breakfast and that's how breakfast should look. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't just me. Cause I was like, I remember that scene. So uh, they go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician's like introduce new food slowly. Which I like that idea as a concept, like if your kid's kind of picky about food, try give them new food slowly. And so one of the yeah. things the mom gave him was uh, spaghetti with shoelaces oh. and tomato sauce. And I was like, hmm, that sounds Mama Mia. <laughs> yeah, that looked great. I don't know. There's also something like reading it. I When I was a kid, I think all kids like books where, where the kid is right and the parents are being weird. Yes. You know? I think all kids are kind of into that. And so to see that Gregory wanted normal food and his parents were eating garbage, I was like, I don't know, you guys, maybe listen <laughs> to the kid, you know? It's like There's something in there. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe he's right. Maybe don't eat trash. <laughs> maybe try an egg. Right, um, right. Maybe that fish looks yeah. delicious. You don't know. The yeah, fish still like, had an eye, by the way. It was like a live fish. It was very weird, the picture yeah. of the fish. I do remember that, yeah, with the his thought bubble, the foods he wanted to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slab of butter. It was just like a stick of butter, some fish. <laughs> and these goats, by the way, looking at the pictures, they also lived in what appeared to be like a post-apocalyptic junkyard wasteland. Like yeah. all the trees were dead. <laughs> they were like on rocks. Um, I don't I don't know. It was very it's a very interesting book just to look at, but the food also looked delicious. Maybe they were mountain goats and just lived in the mountain. But they didn't I think so. They had to go shopping at a junkyard to get food. So it wasn't like also people <laughs> yeah. food? All right, I'm not gonna The pediatrician was a sheep, I think. The pediatrician had ram horns, which yeah. was also okay. interesting. <laughs> Maybe okay. <laughs> Maybe it is a little mountain area. There goes. See, this is where I'm like subtle messaging. Yeah. The doctor who's trying to force him to eat the wrong food is a sheep. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, are we sheep? Should we be listening to Exactly. No. no, we're goats. Let's eat trash. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i had this book too and i don't i don't remember my parents reading it to me but it's a book that like i would take down and i would look at too like oh this is a book that i would read to myself maybe read to my brother because it came out yeah. in 1983 so it's uh wow it's yeah holy crap yeah it's kind of a vintage choice on my part it is no it's great that's what we, that's what we want um which makes sense because the first season of Reading Rainbow was 1983. So that's so interesting. So they must, my parents must have gotten that book from like a church donation basket or something. Like they, there's no way they must have found it for cheap at like a secondhand store. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Cause you Cause were... they, 
born late 90s, right? Yeah. And yeah. my brother was born, you know, just two years before me. So they must have found it like in some store, had it given to them by some other family because they wouldn't have gone out and bought a new copy of that. No, but I think that it it did very well as a book because even looking on Amazon, it has almost five star reviews. Wow. Currently, um, like people love this book still like i was looking up uh other books about like quote-unquote picky eaters and it's still on lists from like 2016 like people still read this book know. to their kids there's something so like to me the good aspect of it right is that it 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 it's like listen to your kid and and it's okay to compromise with your kid do you know what i mean it's not very it's not like our way or the highway it's like Oh, we'll listen to what we'll listen to your feelings and we'll find a nice middle ground. Yes. Um, which I do think is like a good like communicative message and maybe yeah. even a little ahead of its time. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like it's okay to like what you like because he says that very adamantly. Um, but also to try new things because that's okay too. Um, and to compromise with your kid, which I agree in 83 was a foreign concept. Um <laughs> And I think this is where the 83 of it all comes into it. So Gregory discovers all of these foods that he loves and then starts eating everything. He starts a little binge eating. Uh, and his parents, this is the part that I was like, I don't know, decide <laughs> to just get him like a bunch of quote unquote junk food from the junkyard and like leave it for him. And he like eats so much that he gets sick. They're like, ah, that'll teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so then you just a whole night tossing and turning and the next morning he's like can i have some eggs with toast and wax paper and they're like ah we did it we as parents solved the problem and i was like all right i <laughs> it's a very like i don't know that you remember the narrative that would always be like um on anime i think it was on king of the hill too it was on a bunch of shows where like a kid would try cigarettes and they'd get caught and they'd be like, yes. now smoke the whole yes, carton. Smoke the whole and pack. Yep. That'll teach them. And it's like, okay, maybe just don't have cigarettes. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, that kind of thing is so funny to me. And I think, yeah, once again, reflective of the age in which it came out. Um, I do think it's still a fascinating book, especially if you love coats. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think the idea behind it is still sound. It's just that one section, oh, and the one where they're like, Gregory, we eat like goats, don't eat like a pig. And I was like, okay, that feels that feels wrong. To pig that feels bad. To Gregory. I, that part, I was like, I don't like that part. Um, I would have loved if there was like an extra little frame of like a pig family on the side. <laughs> like, like, okay, racism? Like, <laughs> they're like, excuse me, we're very intelligent. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Actually, the stereotype isn't that pigs eat trash. So, yeah, like, so, what's kind of problem? a wild thing to say when you guys are eating garbage. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're the problem? I don't think so. No, no, no. We eat truffles. Mm-hmm. 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 We're very, yeah, again, very smart. Um, <laughs> yeah. So those are like the two parts that I was like, Ugh. Mm, don't, don't like it. But again, 80s. So for the 80s, for 83, 82... Not terrible. Not terrible. Not terrible. Not terrible um, even though terrible is in the title, I'll tell you terrible that. Terrible is in the. But it kind of reminds me of um, Alexander and the No Good, Terrible, Very Bad Day, which I still love. Really? Oh, 
Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. It makes me laugh. I don't think I ever read that book all the way through. <gasps> there are a lot of like really popular children's books that I did not read. It was that and like Goodnight Moon and Where the Wild Things Are. I did not have those on my shelf. I never read any of them. I had Gregory the Terrible Eater and like uh, there was another book called The Dove, which is like an African kind of tale that was really, that was it was good. It was, I, sh- I was almost recommended that one. The Dove is like, uh, it's got like a very interesting message about, why am I talking about a third different book, by the way? This is <laughs> Go ahead, I want to hear it. <laughs> the Dove, um, it takes place in South Africa and it's okay. about uh, uh, a South African woman and her daughter. And they make these kind of, uh, beaded doves to sell like you know on a rug in a market but then you go and you see like all these white women who like own all these stores in south africa um and you know it's her mother going to all these white owned shops trying to sell uh the goods she makes and then she goes and she takes these regular doves that she normally sells and she puts a bunch of traditional beadwork on them and then tries to sell them. And then these store owners are like, oh, we've never seen anything like this. Like this is, and then it's it's a really beautiful book. The, the illustrations are great. So I would also recommend uh, The Dub, which is by, let me make sure I have the right author. Okay. One second. How are you doing? You doing great? How are you? <laughs> no, I love it. I've never heard of that book. Um, and I kind of want to take a gander at it now. It uh, it's called The Dove, and it is by Diane Stewart and Jude Daly, D-A-L-Y. Nice. Do you know what year that came out? Does it say? Just curious. Ooh, that's a great question. Let me find it. <laughs> I'm always curious about books that have people of color in it from, like, earlier than. Ooh, listen to that. Wow. Uh, yeah, the author's Diane Stewart. It came out. Oh. 2005, Francis Lyon Children's Book, yeah. Interesting. The bio is terrible floods in South Africa's valley of a thousand hills have destroyed the crops and left the ground too wet for planting. As Lindiwe and her grandmother wait for the fields to dry, they try and earn a living by selling their beadwork to tourists in Durban. And they meet with no luck one day, and then a dove lands in their yard, inspires them, and blah, blah, blah. It's very good. Oh, okay. I love that. Um, Yeah, because I talk about a lot how growing up there were not a lot of books with like people of color in them as like the center of stories and so i'm always curious as to like earlier books that centered people oh i had a lot of these maybe i should have brought it there was another one um that was about a family reunion and i don't know if you read this one maybe you have it was like a family reunion and her family brings like a pickle with peppermint in the middle no what oh okay okay (laughs) (laughs) a pickle with peppermint in the middle yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the weirdest thing in the world. And for so long, I want, I still to this day haven't tried it, but it was like. Vinny, we should try this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, they put a full peppermint stick. It's like called stick. Family. And it's about hope. Um, it's by Isabel Monk. Yeah. <laughs> Around. Oh, it's a biracial girl. Who's the... <laughs> wow. That's why my parents got it. Um, but parents, it's very good. Like our parents would have got along really well in terms of the books <laughs> that they bought for us. I think they would have had a good time. Um, I'm only now realizing they might have made some very specific choices here. percent. Yeah. I think they're very cautious and are careful about the books that they put on your shelves, which my parents were too. 
because I'm a, a little bit older than you, uh, just a little bit. And uh... it's okay. That's fair. <laughs> but they like growing up, there were not a lot of books with like people of color as the focus of them. So they would buy certain books to make sure that I had them, certain dolls to make sure that I had them. So they're very conscious of like the things that they purchased for me as well. Purchased. Purchased. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for derailing this and talking about two more books, even though I already brought up two books, which is more than normally people bring. That is okay. And now we have some options for folks to go and check out. And I'll put, um, if I can line, find links to them, I'll put them in the show notes for uh, bookshop.org. So you can also support a local bookstore. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that bookshop is a great um, alternative to Amazon because it does, you can link up to local bookstores and buy them directly from them and then they get those sales so yeah um i will do that i'll try to find those and put those in the show notes also now i kind of want to pickle with the peppermint stick in it <laughs> it's the, so yeah it was they would put a whole peppermint stick in the pickles and then they put the pickles back in the jar um and it was funny because she brought them to the family reunion and everyone was like why'd you bring pickles like <laughs> why did you bring pickles and then she bites into a pickle and shows them. And then it becomes her tradition that she always brings her pickles with a peppermint stick. And they didn't understand at first, but they really liked the taste. Um, I don't know. know? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, they have like, um, like pickle trends online where people like stuff pickles with different things in them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a thrill. It. They have ones where like they stuff like a hot Cheeto uh, and like cream cheese and stuff in pickle and eat Hot it Cheetos, interesting i guess you'd have to eat it right away because the cheeto would get soggy right yeah yeah it's like a, it's a it's a right now snack it's not a comeback it's later. a right now it's a right yeah. now snack <laughs> but i wonder Vinny, if this is your new <laughs> your new trend of <laughs> and pickles i'm gonna have to try it honestly i remember reading it as a kid and once again like latching on to whatever food was <laughs> portrayed in front of my face but i was like i have to I have to try this. But of course, my parents would have never organized like the creation of a peppermint pickle. Like that would have sounded so stupid to them. But I think <laughs> what I love about like thinking about books that feature food, if you have you're trying to introduce your kid to new food items is doing exactly that, though, like finding books that kind of celebrate the food, maybe a recipe in the back. And then the two of you or whoever yeah. is reading it can go and make it together and you're having this whole new experience like that's what I think about because there are a lot of books about picky eaters and I kind of don't love the label of like calling someone a picky eater even if that's what they are but like there are books that we've sent out there's one called Freedom Day which is about New Year's Day in Haiti and the soup they make and in the back there's a recipe for it so like reading that with a kid oh, like, wow. loving that book and then like making the soup together yeah it's like, a great way to kind of like introduce new foods that and you have like kind of a, a history or um a memory created with that moment so that's what i think about <laughs> amen yeah i think that's how i would introduce new foods with books but i guess the question is do you think this book created oh written maybe it came out like 30 years ago is that right is that mad right yeah, it's yes. a long time, buddy. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that was like 30 years ago, at least introduced to us through Reading Rainbow 30 years ago. Would uh, would you give this as a gift? Would you put it on your future child if you had them 
on their hmm. bookshelf? I that's a good question. I think my my inclination would say yes out of nostalgia because sure. I read it so much. Mm -hmm. But I think as someone who wouldn't want a kid growing up thinking that goats eat trash, um, which I do think, I know this is such a small thing, but I do think that that concept is, there's no reference left for it. And I think if a kid grows up with that reference now and they mention it, other kids are gonna be like, what? You know what I mean? Like, that's so weird. Um, but I guess it, you know, maybe it doesn't matter because it's a pretend book and maybe these goats specifically eat trash. But I do think that that stereotype is part of what makes it fun. Yeah. So I don't know if it would be as much fun now. If I had to choose between a big reference book, like a, a visual encyclopedia, I think I would pick that first, mm -hmm. um, especially for a kid who was old enough to read. If a kid's not old enough to read yet, then I think I would go with Gregory the Terrible Eater mm -hmm. because that's a fun book to read and then point out the pictures, how silly are the goats. Uh, but once that kid could read, once they get a handle on those words, baby, reference book. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the fence. Um, get off. I know. I'm like trying to decide. I think. Uh, okay. I'm there gonna, are better books. I'm going to say no. I think that I would. Yeah. I think aesthetically, I love the goats. And I think for like maybe a nursery or a kid's room, what a fun way to decorate, right? With those goats and. Uh, those food things, I think they're super fun. But I think in terms of picking a book for kids that have uh, who are not the greatest eaters, there are other books that I think are more fun, and you can have I don't know more bonding experiences um, than this one. Yeah, I think so, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I think I would say no. I think something like Freedom. Uh, Freedom Soup is a great one. Um, there's like Pop-Up and Me a Recipe, I think, has one in there. There's a book that I've set out called Bread Pet where they're talking about a sourdough starter. It's got some science stuff in it, too, which I love. I think those are more fun. Oh, the dub. Oh, love. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I should have picked the dub. The dub's a great book. Right, and one I didn't understand until I was much older, but it's a really good book. Well, you're going to have to come back and talk about it. That's what's happening. So Done. <laughs> uh, well, Vinny, this has been a delightful, a delightful oh. experience. I'm going to finish that sentence. This has been delightful. I think it's been a delightful too, Mo. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. um, I'm so glad you're here. So glad to talk to you about these books. Um, uh, thank you. Is there anything? I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth, but is there anything you want to plug yeah uh i'm on a show on apple tv plus called platonic um not for kids but if you're an adult and you want to watch that show please watch that show um yeah uh and i think that's it oh you can follow me on social media um at v-i-n-n -N underscore a-y-y that's at v-i-n-n -N underscore a-y-y Sounds like you've done that before. Uh, I love doing it. I love sounding like um, like an NPR bumper. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? At the end mm -hmm. of things, I think it's so much fun, and it and makes it sound like so professional. You. Yes, it does. Or period. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Vinny. Thank you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Almost bookcase is created, edited, and produced by me. Morgan Phillips Potts, and our theme music is by Nia D'Amelio. For more information about Momo's Book Club, follow us at Momo's Book Club on all platforms, 
or go to www.momosbookclub.com. Momos Bookcase is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com 